faithwire.com. Does the end of Roe v. Wade begin today? Well, it's Wednesday, December 1st, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have this top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faith Wire. I want to welcome in regular listeners from the CBN News Daily Rundown podcast. We're here every Wednesday with you all. Four big stories, three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. That's what we do here. You can find us on iTunes and subscribe there. We'd love to have you join. And joining me, as always, Trey Goins Phillips and Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faith Wire. What's going on, guys? Living the dream. <laughs> well, it's my favorite. It's the first day of my favorite month of the year. So there you go. Yeah, You're but big I'm Christmas sad. guy. I'm already sad about January. We could talk about that later. I, I already start getting sad that it's going to end. It's uh, my favorite month too. I know. I know the feeling. Wow. So, but um, it's too cold. <laughs> I mean, it's not my fast. favorite. It's not my favorite month. I mean, it, because it's it's just so cold. I mean, you're down in Virginia, Trey, so you you know you're a little warmer down there. Me and Billy, we got oh, but I love the cold. We go to Vermont and at the end of the month, yeah, for like a week. It's easy to yeah. love the cold when you're not suffering through it and getting eight billion dollar heating bills. I just want to be somewhere with snow, like real snow. All right, uh, I tried. To, I tried to ruin it for you. It didn't work, but yeah, anyway. you're not going to ruin it for me. Uh, <laughs> but. I will talk about something that could ruin everyone's mood. Uh, okay. <laughs> so my story is going to be about that. The Walt Disney Company has removed an episode of The Simpsons from its streaming platform in Hong Kong after facing pressure from uh, the Chinese government. So we'll talk about the, the details there. Everybody just seems to kind of kowtow to whatever China wants, China yeah. gets. Yeah, and, and I'm going to be talking about, well, let me just read some lyrics for you. Uh -oh. You better watch out. Oh, no. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why, because Fauci Claus is coming to town. That's We're going to talk real. about Fauci Claus. It's real. No. And where Fauci Claus will be appearing this holiday season. I'd say I'm know. looking forward to hearing it, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm scared. I'm, I'm nervous <laughs> as I wait for that story but all right let's start with uh, a pleasant topic and that is uh roe v wade and abortion so but it is the big story today nevertheless and uh, of course we have uh the big hearing going on right now the end of roe possibly dobbs versus jackson this is the uh, case from mississippi with their law that was put into place back in 2018 and uh, it limits abortions uh up to 15 weeks uh at 15 weeks so um, that is being heard. The arguments are being heard right now. And, and honestly, it was a little testy in there today, guys. Um, we were, we were listening in on it. It's going on as we're doing this recording and, uh, particularly justice Sotomayor, uh, who immediately went in on the Mississippi solicitor general, uh, Scott Stewart, who is making the arguments here, um, on behalf of the state. And so, uh, she said, how is your interest here? anything but a religious view. And um, this is this is uh, what she said. She said, the issue of when life begins has been hotly debated by philosophers since the beginning of time. It's still debated in religions. So when you say this is the only right that uh, takes away from this, the, takes away from the state, the ability to protect a life, that's a religious view, isn't it? Uh, and then she went on to ask, when does the life of a woman, of the woman and putting her at risk, enter the calculus? So immediately she seemed to jump, guys, to these Planned Parenthood sort of talking points that have been debunked, I mean, a million times. Um, you know, the whole life at risk for the mother. And again, it's the extreme scenario. And it's it was weird for a justice to go right to that. And Justice Samuel Alito then jumped in with a question saying, 
you know, noting that secular bioethicists also consider the question of when life begins, and which I just find ironic that I, I'm sure Alito was trying to provide, you know, some context there that not ev- it's not just Christians who think life begins at con- conception. But I mean, this is basic human development, guys. I mean, this is um, the the human life process from A to Z. It begins at conception. I mean, I don't think anyone would argue that that's a human life form there at the beginning. Um, the only argument is when are you allowed to terminate it? And that seems to be what everyone's debating now. And viability came up. It was a big um, discussion point um, in this conversation today. And so... Uh, we're going to keep watching this and we're going to be reporting on it. We did full coverage and analysis of it yesterday on the CBN News YouTube channel. Um, the live oral arguments are on the YouTube channel uh, as well right now. So you can see all of that and get up to speed on everything that is going on. And, you know, the latest sort of update as of this taping was Chief Justice John Roberts suggesting a 15 week limit could be OK with the Supreme Court. So. Um, interesting stuff, guys. And obviously, why does it matter? Uh, very clearly, because life in the womb matters, as we've talked about many times on this podcast. I, I just want to go through the scripture here. Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I pointed you a prophet to the nation. So clearly indicating, mm-hmm. um, obviously, the life in the womb there. That it, he didn't say, you know what, when you popped out, that's when I was interested in you. Uh, and then, of course, Psalm 139.13. <laughs> Uh, for you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. Two obviously popular ones as it reso- as it relates to uh, the pro-life issue. And, and I think of 1 Corinthians 2.14, I'm just going to read it. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. And I often think about that in these debates and discussions, but then I pull back from that and I think, okay, but this is common sense. We're sitting here having a debate and listening to a Supreme Court justice question whether or not an unborn human being with a heartbeat is alive. I mean, it's, it almost defies logic. You shouldn't yeah. need the Holy Spirit to see that truth. But right. I think we see that reality in Scripture that that there's a blindness that is out there. That's That's the spiritual side of it. But I think in the practical side of all of this, I would ask people, you know, we just covered a story about a 21-week gestational baby who was born and he survived, right? He's the the youngest baby to ever survive in utero. And we're going to see more of these stories as technology grows. So my question is, for Sotomayor or anyone else, if that baby was not alive a week earlier and was suddenly alive, how does that make any sense? But let's say that baby went through the whole nine months was he not alive then simply because he was in utero? Like what is the, it's, it's actually mental gymnastics of insanity that these people jump through. I, I don't understand it. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of this is just the result of our cultural relativism. I, we just reported the other day on faith wire about the CDC data showing that, you know, for the first time in, in many years, the number of abortions uh, women are having is gone up instead of down, uh, which has been the trend for many, many, many years. Um, but I, I, I think it's just this, this cultural relativism. And, and if, if you rely on a relativistic worldview, then the ultimate goal is, 
whatever I'm feeling or whatever yeah. provides me the greatest immediate satisfaction. And that would be abortion because that's the, that's the premise upon which everything sits is how do I feel about this? Uh, is this what gives me the instant gratification? Then if, if the answer to those two things is yes, I feel good about it. And yes, it gives me instant gratification then it must be good uh, because there's no absolute, uh, you know, overriding yeah. objective uh, to live off of. And something too, that I want to point out that Sotomayor did uh, is she created a false premise, right? By suggesting that it's only Christians who see personhood as beginning at conception. Mm -hmm. In reality, as we know, we've talked to feminists who are pro-life, Democrats who are pro-life, atheists who are pro-life. There are people across every political spectrum and religious belief or no religious belief at all who look at the science and say, oh, life begins at fertilization. That's it's, it's not just a view held by Christians. A whole lot of people have that view, but she's creating this this fallacy that it's only Christians and it's, and it's only because they believe the Bible that they believe uh, human life begins at conception. And that's yeah. just not true. But I wanted to point out one other thing, guys, before we move on, um, that I remembered being brought up early was um, Kagan saying that not much has changed, quote-unquote, since Roe was decided and since Casey was decided. Uh, it was 1992, I believe. I, that is just an unbelievable statement. To say not much has changed in the way of science and, and advancements and um, cultural ideas, it's unbelievable for someone to sit there with a straight face and say not much has changed in 50 years. I mean, really well, yeah. crazy, really crazy, well, they're especially on the science front. But if you're not reading live action or, I mean, the mainstream media is not generally covering it outside of these random stories of thankfully right. when these children are, are born early and they survive. Yeah. And so if you're not reading any of the things that are coming out in the pro-life side, of course, I guess that would be, I mean, again, yeah. I don't understand logically how you arrive there because we can actually see sonograms that, you know, 3D ultrasounds, these things that show us what is actually going on. That's the technology that changes minds on an issue like this, right? Being able to know wow, that baby at three months has fingers and they're moving. I mean, I, I will never forget seeing my first daughter in utero at three months bouncing mm. around with fingers and thinking, wow, I had no idea she would already be that developed. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's, uh, why don't we head on over, Trey, into uh, story number two. All right. So uh, like I said at the start of the podcast, the Walt Disney Company has removed an episode of The Simpsons uh, from its <laughs> streaming platform in Hong Kong uh, because that episode is pretty critical of China and Chinese censorship. Uh, but they decided, Disney decided to pull the episode uh, when they launched Disney Plus over in Hong Kong uh, because uh, they were feeling the pressure from the Chinese Communist government. Uh, so Hong Kong, which was once a free territory, has faced increasing government control since uh, President Xi, uh, his regime, seized the city in 2019. And that control is now bleeding into what entertainment, really what content at all, uh, is available in the region. Uh, so over the weekend, the Hong Kong Free Press reported that episode 12 of season 16 of The Simpsons uh, was not available on Disney+. Plus. Uh, when uh, the platform just became available at the beginning of, uh, of November. So this is according to the Hong Kong Free Press. The 12th episode of the 16th season was, brought, was first broadcast in 2005 and sees the family visit China, where the cartoon family visits the mummified body of ex-leader Mao Zedong. Uh, the newly launched Disney Plus platform skips, though, from episode 11 
to episode 13. The missing show includes a line of tanks referencing the iconic tank man photo, as well as a joke placard inside Tiananmen Square stating, on this site in 1989, nothing happened. (laughs) The episode is still accessible when viewers enable VPN circumvention tools, though, so it's clearly just, uh, just in Hong Kong. Uh, that the the episode has been blocked. Uh, so number two here, here's a little bit more detail about what happens in uh, the episode. And you can watch the the controversial clip uh, on faithwire.com. We have that embedded in our story. Uh, but the lead character in the show, Bart Simpson, obviously, he stands over the mummified uh, Mao, uh, whom he describes as, quote, a little angel that killed 50 million people. Uh, and that seems to be what uh, upset the the Chinese government most. Uh, So another piece of information here that's interesting is last month, the Hong Kong legislature approved legislation granting the government the power to banish films it deems contrary to national security from being screened or made available in the city in any way. Now, national security is quite a broad uh, umbrella that the government can then unilaterally say like anything that they want to, or the, you know, that they don't like, or they don't see as favorable. They can just say, well, this is, a, this, this is a contrary to our national security. So we're going to ban it. Uh, it's not yet clear though, what happened here. Uh, if, if the cart came before the horse, you know, whatever, because it, it you can't tell since Disney has not released a statement, we can't tell if it was, uh, the Chinese government told them ahead of time, you've got to pull this episode. Or if Disney just made the decision preemptively, we're going to pull the episode because we don't want to upset uh, the Apple cart. We don't want to upset China because they're a big financial partner, obviously. Uh, so we're still waiting to hear back um, from China. But Kenny uh, Ng, uh, an associate professor at Hong Kong Baptist University with a specialty in film censorship, he told uh, Bloomberg, this is the first note Notable time an American streaming giant has censored content in Hong Kong. Basically, the whole story is for streaming companies to be more tailored to a Chinese audience and not to offend the Chinese government. Uh, Ng predicted that more U.S. based corporations will likely take similar action in the future. Look, as far as why it matters, we've talked about this so often, guys, about uh, the need for for big corporations uh, who have a vested interest in China, uh, obviously, to be standing up and talking about what's happening in China, whether it's the censorship or it's the persecution of of the Uyghur Muslims or it's persecution of Christians. Uh, We all have a responsibility to speak up, but certainly the people who have a, a, a seriously large financial interest and partnership with China need to be speaking up. And it's unfortunate to see so many people, like I said, we don't know the full details here, but if if it's Disney just preemptively deciding we don't want to upset China, so we're going to pull this ahead of time, it's upsetting to see them taking these kinds of actions uh, because the only way to stop this kind of censorship uh, and this kind of abuse uh, is for people to stand up and take action and use their leverage. And this is Disney had leverage or has leverage uh, and they're choosing not to use it here. So it'll be interesting to see how this story unfolds. Mm. Yeah, it is frustrating to see China wields so much power. We see it with the NBA, and uh, I believe Disney. I, and apologies if you mentioned this, Trey, because I missed it. But uh, you know the Mulan movie. You know there was that whole debacle, mm-hmm. um, and Apple, of course, the iPhone city. There, there's just so much that we have tied to China. Like we're we're looking to tap into their markets and create revenue through their massive population, and we've allowed that to 
change the way we would react on on certain human rights issues. It's really it's really sad. Yeah, I mean, people, good people need to stand up and say something. And for so long, people have ignored this because of those financial gains. And yeah. it's remarkable, though, to watch these massive mainstream companies do these sorts of things. But Disney knows that everyone's still going to buy Disney Plus. Everyone's still going to look past all the things they're doing. I'm not I'm not a big boycott person, but I do think there's a point where you kind of say, well, I'm no longer going to support this kind of activity or I'm going to at least put pressure on the companies doing these things. This is, it, it's complete insanity to me. Any other country around the world that behaves the way China does, they end up being occupied and their regimes end up being dismantled. Now, I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying that's what happens. Right. Look at the Middle East, look other places, and yet here we are enabling this insanity. Look, I think the thing that's so upsetting is, uh, one, we have to deal with China. They're a partner, you know, they, they exist on the world stage. So it's, you know, it's, we, you have to find a way to coexist. But I think the thing that's so upsetting is uh, companies like Disney or Apple or the NBA or whatever will take these hardline stances about social justice here in the United States, uh, whether it's about racism or sex or, you know, whatever, uh, which is fine for them to do. They can take whatever stand they want to, whether we agree with them or not, uh, but then to be not only not really engaging, but completely silent and quashing anybody right. associated with yeah. them who says anything about China, which is actively committing genocide, according to the you know, State Department officials in both the Trump administration and now the Biden administration. So it's not like this is just an, a, a, you know, an off-the-cuff opinion. This is something that's held by diplomats in both major parties. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, why why is China so powerful? They they are they're different from other countries because we enable them to be. The world enables them right. to be because it's cheap labor and we get things done there. And that's why I think we actually wield more control over the way they behave than we than we act. We don't want to upset the apple cart. Well, I would say upset it. I think Trump started to, and I think I think the Biden administration has had some moments too where they have. So to me, the now is the time to double down on that and to push back and hopefully make some meaningful change there. Mm. Absolutely. And we'll keep an eye. We're constantly reporting on all the things going on with China. So keep an eye out for more on that. And um, now I reluctantly, reluctantly <laughs> hand it over for story number three <laughs> to Billy like Hallowell. I mean, I don't know what happened here, but I guess we're going to do it. I feel like more often than not, I end up doing these sorts of stories at, you know, at the end of the show here. I, maybe to leave us on a positive note after all the heaviness. All right. I don't know. But, you know, every December we are treated to beautiful sights and beautiful sounds. We have the magnificent <laughs> Christmas songs that play all over the country and hymns and Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. And now we've got Fauci Claus, uh, just mm. another added treat into the Christmas mix. This is um, going on down in Florida and in other places in the country as well. Um, it is a Dr. Anthony Fauci-inspired display. And as you know, Dr. Anthony Fauci has been the figurehead of the COVID-19 response here in America. It's a giant placard that basically features him in a red suit and Santa hat hence the name Fauci Claus, and he's holding the Seinfeld-inspired Festivus pole. And now the other part of this that's kind of interesting is he's standing next to the Grim Carlson, a cardboard cutout of Fox News' Tucker, Tucker Carlson. And obviously, you know, the Grim Carlson, it's right. a play on the Grim Reaper. Now, this is down in Florida, in the Florida Capitol Rotunda, and 
Yeah, I'm just going to jump to why it matters because there's a whole history here in Florida. There was a nativity that was being placed in the Capitol each year, and there were a bunch of atheists who were upset about it. There was actually, I think it was the Satanic Temple. They were the first ones to sort of push back in 2013, and they wanted to have their own symbol be placed in the capital of an angel falling out of heaven, falling into hell. And so the Satanic Temple <laughs> decided to put their own cardboard display up, and initially officials rejected it. And so it actually became this very legitimate battle over this public accommodation space, right? If this is a public space, then all perspectives should be welcome. And so you started having all these different displays, atheist signs. There was one year where I think they even did a play on the nativity where they had like the constitution in the manger and they had the founding fathers around it. <laughs> and so you had all these ridiculous things. It became a huge thing for a number of years. And there was actually one year, it was 2017, when the group behind the nativity said, you know what, we're not gonna put the nativity there this year there's so much incivility we want to try to bring some peace back into this country so this year we're not going to do it and so it's ebbed and it's flowed but this year going back to some of the details i'll backtrack into, into point two here you've got um chaz stevens who's one of the guys who's been actually behind this over the years back in even 2013 he's calling his effort and it's sort of a, a fake organization it seems like the mount jab church Holy Church of the Vaccinated. Oh my gosh. And this whole thing with Fauci Claus is really about thanking Fauci. And, you know, he has this whole website set up for the church. And I'm just going to read a quote. It says, as atheists, it's amusing to hear suggestions that somehow the vaccinated are not real Christians. This faith dogma, this cult-like belief in not getting the jab is biblically satanic. And they go through a whole explanation of, of why that is. So it's, it's clearly an ode to Fauci. It's supposed to be taken lightly um, as a joke as well, this whole Fauci clause thing. But, you know, it's on a serious note, and you guys feel free to push back on this, but I just, people just want to enjoy Christmas. They want to see a nativity. I, these, these sort of antagonistic things that people do for attention – I just find them unhelpful and sort of silly. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I, I, this is my question as you're going through all of this, Billy, I'm wondering <laughs> when does Fauci go make an appearance? Because he's probably, he's probably thrilled if I had to guess. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's Fauci Claus, <sighs> right? So I, and they also sent one to Fox news, but which I did laugh at, they sent one to Fox. They sent one over to, um, you know, Congress, they're promising that this could end up in you know the halls of Congress as well, which is very encouraging. I just, oh man, I don't even, I think America's kind of has moved on from Fauci. I, well, Fauci I, has not moved on from the camera. But, I'll tell you that. Well, that's, that's what I was going to say is, is at the same time though, Fauci seems to be eating up anytime he can get in front of a camera. Like he oh. just said over the weekend that the reason people are getting, get upset at me is because I represent science. And I just think like, oh I, if you need an example of hubris, please look no further. Right. Like it is just, this is the, this is the last thing we needed. Please don't give him a character in, in the Christmas story. No. Like he just, we, <laughs> he, he just, he does not need that additional chip on his shoulder. So his, I just yeah. say his head just might get so on. his head might get so large that when he tries <laughs> to go into the briefing room the next time, he won't fit. 
They're gonna have to bring a bulldozer in and just plow out the door so they can get in there. Need a, a dolly cart him in. I feel like the innkeeper is a better role for him. I don't know. Like I mean, not Santa. I don't know. I just or like maybe one I don't of know, the first Billy. Innkeepers. I don't. If know. you say yeah. yeah, well, I guess if you're looking at the biblical story, you know, there's no room. You're, there's no room. Well, right. There's no social room distancing. The, that's right. Yeah. There's no room. You cannot stay here. Take your disease <laughs> elsewhere. All right, guys. Uh, I want to end on a on a on a positive kicker story here. Um. Chris Cuomo from CNN has been uh, suspended <laughs> indefinitely. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm being a positive story. But it is interesting because CNN yeah. was really backed into a corner there. Um, as Chris Cuomo was on air, there's a clip of him multiple times saying, I've never reached out to my brother's team or any journalist to help uh, you know, him navigate his you know sexual harassment uh, case and uh, <laughs> scandal. And... There are text messages from him doing exactly that that got uncovered because, you know, in a, when something goes to court like this and they investigate it, they get the text messages. He was texting. I, 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 here's my question for you guys. Chris Cuomo's not a dumb person, right? He's a lawyer. He's obviously got some level of intelligence. What is, so it can't be stupidity to if you're actually doing something you know is wrong my theory is it's just arrogance that he just thought they'd never get in trouble because yeah. why else would you like he has to know as a lawyer when you text that that can be used he just must have well, thought it would never come to that well when your father's been governor you have this allure of this this i guess self-deception that you're untouchable and my assumption mm -hmm. is that the cuomo's now, allegedly, so I don't get sued, believe that they're untouchable. You know, they, they just, they've walked right. around, and they were untouchable to some degree during COVID, his brother especially, until he no longer was, right? Until yeah. there was some other scandal outside of COVID that sunk him, even though the COVID scandals alone could have been enough to sink him. Yeah. So I think when you live that way for so long. I mean, yeah. and unfortunately, uh, all the women around him were not untouchable. Was he, he did that all the time. I mean, it's just, I mean, oh, the geez. guy, was that yeah. too soon? Was that too soon? Too soon. All right. Too soon. I retract no. it. I retract it. <laughs> anyway, what were you going to say, just, I, I just think that the, it, the, the Cuomo's and really anybody who's, who's like, a, is this big political family and everybody's known about them for many years. I, I kind of equate it to like a teenager because teenagers think, think they're invincible yeah. and they can go out and do anything they want to and they're never accountable for anything. Uh, and then on top of it, I think CNN has been so friendly with this issue. They should have never allowed Chris oh. Cuomo to be interviewing his sitting governor brother who was facing a whole lot of backlash already. So it was just an awful situation from the beginning yeah. uh, that CNN should have never endorsed. But because they did, I think Cuomo probably thought, well, I can probably get away with this. The last thing I'll say is I saw Brian Stelter over at CNN and Oliver Darcy both posting about it and, and even saying like there were people inside CNN were shocked about this development. And I'm thinking the only ones who are shocked by this is anyone who works for CNN. Yeah. Uh, because if this allegedly did happen the way, you know, it seems like it did, um, no one else was surprised. Like this was kind of like, oh, of and, course. Yeah. And you have to wonder because they suspended him indefinitely the same thing happened to Jeffrey Tubin when he got caught masturbating on a work right. Zoom and eventually got suspended for that. But now he's back, um, which was sort of ironic. I don't know if you guys saw this. He was calling Kyle Rittenhouse dumb for his decisions. And I just thought, I mean, 
I don't know if Jeffrey Tubin's kind of I, has he relinquished the right to call anyone else dumb for their decision making? I mean, it just seems. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get any dumber than you know doing what he did on a Zoom call. But um, but anyway, I just I have this sneaking suspicion the the indefinite suspension is just a. Um, Formality. It's a it's a vacation for him, and he will be able to come back once the once the online mob moves on to something else. Hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm mean, I'm I'm really interested to see. Again, it depends on how much pressure people put. I think CNN has really sacrificed a lot of the goodwill they had built up over the years as a source that people trusted yeah. well before Trump. That since 2016, that's been imploded, and I do think at some point. You know, Zucker and the others have to sit down and say, okay, what are we going to do to rebuild this? I guess you could continue on this path, but you can if your ratings aren't there, and the ratings just aren't there. So. Yeah. No, that, that is the other surprising part of this is why are they going so far to defend this guy when, I mean, it's actually a chance for them to go try a new show, maybe one that would get some yeah. more ratings. So, all right, that's all the time we have for this episode of the 4 and 3 podcast. As always, you can head on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a christian perspective we've got those uh, oral arguments going on today on dobbs versus jackson go check that out on both youtube channels and facebook so god bless see you back here tomorrow have a great rest of your day